With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, hello my friends, and welcome to this, another edition of the Underdog Football Show, namely, most importantly, this week's giveaway gauntlet. As always, his name is Hayden Winks, and down below, a friend, a longtime co-worker, a man we have shared many StreamYard screens with, his name, you all love him, it's Patrick Darty. Pat, how you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Nice to see you guys too. Yeah, let's, I'll just make the same joke I made before we went on the air. It's just good to be here with my two coworkers yep. <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, yeah, we are all now. It's uh, sad that we are no longer together, but we appear well, to all be today. thriving. Um, yeah, we're together today. And Josh, I don't know if you noticed. I mean, I'm a host now, Josh. Oh, okay. Um, here, so... we'll just we'll just switch screens. Then there you go, Pat. You're up in the top <laughs> yeah, left. Just... I'm down here in the bottom in the guest spot. I was expecting the admin login for this, by the way. I was pretty <laughs> disappointed to not get sent a code before the show. Uh, so uh, I can Pat, mute Josh I miss you. I needed. Pat, I miss you, buddy. No, I mean, the same feeling is mutual. It's been like too crazy. Uh, it's been like just a super crazy offseason. I don't know why. The end, you know, the end of this pandemic uh, seems to have upped uh, both my professional and personal obligations. And uh, it's been a whirlwind. But yeah, it's insane uh, how long it's already been since yeah. we've worked together. And uh, yeah, I'm finally, season. I'm we over the tears hit- finally. I used to cry every night. And, uh, <laughs> we haven't even hit a uh, cut down day. We haven't even hit preseason blurbs yet, Pat. I mean, uh, there's a whole new world that's about to reach uh, the likes of Kyle Dvorak and Pat Crane. Have you, uh, ha- have you warned them what's in store? I have, but you guys, you know, this no longer really applies to you uh, with like the cut down day. Did you know it's been moved to a weekday? Yes. Uh, yes. Like Good basically the greatest development of all time. Um so you guys got out the wrong year. I will say I will give you one day when you need my assistance for blurbs. I I don't care which day it is, if it's a week 15 Sunday or if it, if it's cut down day, I'll give you one day if you give me the the, the logins. I will take you up on that just to be honest. So yeah, okay, we'll cool. get in, we'll get in touch after the show. I'll give you my new password. I updated my password after you left, you know, just in nice. case. Good. Um, <laughs> Hayden uh, remains just a better person than me. Let's uh let's I mean, put it that way. Pat, today's going to be great. Do you know what you're getting into today? Though. Not you... really. Okay, uh, no, Frank. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't caught like any football content other than my. You know, again, I'm a host now, so I'm just like right. I watch my own episodes like ten times. Looking you know what for... this life is, yeah. right? You do. No, but I have not. I have. I was actually. I thought about watching a few mm-hmm. to get myself up to speed on what I was getting into, but then I thought that would kind of ruin it. So I actually do not know what I'm in. Good. Perfect. Th- this is going to be a an absolutely perfect day, um, Pat. You are the good man out there because 10 questions today in the giveaway gauntlet equals 10 best ball mania two injuries. That is $250 straight from Jeremy Levine's pocket on his yacht to this stream yard show. Wrong answers though, Pat. Don't be a bad guy. Eliminate one ticket out there for the chat in order for the chat to qualify. You subscribe to this very YouTube channel and our podcast, whatever platform you use, and fill out the link at the top of the chat that you see down 
in the bottom right, that little Google Doc that Hayden whipped together. Again, 10 questions here, Pat. We alternate between NFL and Player's Choice. I crawled into your DMs on text messages as well, asked what your niche topic would be today. Pat, what is it? Well, it's kind of difficult to narrow down my niche topics. I should have done – one I didn't even tell you was uh, United States geography via Wikipedia. So just like U.S. geography, Wikipedia rabbit holes. But I narrowed it down to the Beatles. Yes, um, you did. And I put a lot of pressure on myself because I, I like to think I'm a good at trivia and I can already – I'm, I'm going to go down like the Hindenburg, I think. For, for the people that don't know, one thing that you learn quickly from working with Rotopat is this guy does more Wikipedia searches – than anybody on the planet. This guy will Always be on like in. random Missouri rivers and then we'll know everything about it. He'll know about like freaking blimps. Whatever you need, Rotopad has looked up the Wikipedia. <laughs> Tributaries of the Missouri River in Nebraska. That right. is a Wikipedia page that exists. Uh, Pat, part of the bit here to start is we asked Hayden Winks his understanding of these niche topics. Uh, Hayden, your preference here for the Beatles. Have you I heard know of Beatles. I, I know the Beatles. Yes, I know the Beatles. There are dung Beatles. There are different types of Beatles. The only <laughs> Beatles that I actually care about are the Black Beatles. Race Remmer, one of the greatest songs out there, the Black Beatles. Everyone, go, everyone should go check out that actually good music. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go, Pat. Are you ready to I'm go ready. I'm beginning to feel less sad about no longer working with Hayden. <laughs> <laughs> now let's, let's take Pat and make him run the giveaway gauntlet. We always start off with NFL Pat, and then we'll shift over to the Beatles. Hayden Winks, you are up first. All right. This former New York Jet is Missouri's all-time rushing leader. Brad Smith? Pat, is that your final answer? I'm the worst host, by the way. I am so caught Um, off guard. I mean, Pat, just give it a moment. Give it a moment. (laughs) Think about it maybe for a moment. I'm not saying it's right or a wrong answer, but now I will ask for your final answer. I mean, he's a quarterback, but I'm going to go Brad Smith because that's the only Mizzou alum who ever carried the ball that I can remember being on the New York Jets. And I'm probably going to expose myself as knowing nothing about my alma mater or the New York Jets, but I, uh, I'll say Brad Smith. You nailed it, Pat. 4,193 yards to go along with 44 touchdowns. I sent this question over to Hayden Winks last night. He had no earthly idea who Brad Smith was. Uh, Pat, that makes me want to go back and watch those Brad Smith highlights because he was an absolute electric factory and then turned into a quote-unquote wide receiver and mainly special teams guy in the NFL as well. He's a special teams guy. You would ask me – I mean, he was like a true dual threat – you would ask me the over under on Brad Smith's college yardage, though I probably would have done like twenty five hundred uh, over four thousand is like totally insane. And I, I feel like even I, I, I have I'm enough of a zoomer where I have almost no recollection of Brad Smith having wow. over four thousand yards rushing. Uh, number two, actually, in the school's history, Pat is Larry Roundtree, who just I was going to say, uh, <laughs> look, Larry Roundtree's on the Chargers; he's not on the Jets, so. Yep. That just shows you uh, the types of offenses that Missouri has run when they've been relevant is is very little of a uh, of a rushing attack. All right. Again, we are still at this point giving away 10 best ball Mania 2 entries. The chat is absolutely very much calling me handsome today. I'm not sure what you did here, Hayden, but uh, I'm a big fan. Big fan said, of whatever. I, I said they had to call you handsome to qualify. Oh, all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll make that the case every single day. Here we go. Pat. Over to the Beatles. 
Kakansundai is a family of beetles that is red uh, with black spots, commonly referred to by this name in North America. Um, Paul McCartney. Yeah, I have no idea uh, about uh, the. Yeah, we're just kidding. I know. We're I was, just kidding. I, I did you. seize up and get a little nervous, but. Uh, <laughs> to yeah, be sure, the answer to that is very simple. It is a ladybug. Did you know the main thing, by the way, those bugs that are always in your house that look like ladybugs apparently aren't ladybugs? They're like an invasive species. Maybe this is only a Midwest thing. But uh, just throwing that out there for the folks. Those are going to take over the world is what you're saying. All right. To your real second question here, Pat, which beetle is the first to cross Abbey Road on the album cover of the same name? Uh, I mean, I've seen this album cover 1000 times. I'm looking around my office seeing if maybe I can even see it somewhere. I have a large vinyl of it. Uh, You have like a 25% chance here. I know. I think it's. Uh, George, how do I not know? I've seen this image one billion times in my life, and this is like a very standard, easy. Can you like one. close your eyes, imagine it out there? What the person is wearing, what they look like, if they possibly have facial hair. Well, I can tell you what they're all wearing. John is wearing a white suit. George is wearing denim. Paul is wearing a real suit, but he's barefoot, and Ringo's wearing like a tuxedo. Uh, Actually, I'm going to go John. I think it's John. I'm going with John Lennon. White-suited John Lennon is the first to cross Abbey Road. Is that your final answer? Uh, no, yes. Yes, it's my final answer. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, yes. There we go, Pat. I'm trying Thank to God. share it right now. Uh, but yes, he is in a white suit. He is crossing Abbey Road. They, they stopped traffic for 10 minutes. This is the research that I do for this program, once again. Uh, and we took six photos during that period. And this was one of the six. And yes, John Lynn is at the front. Josh, do you know what they originally going to name Abbey Road, the album? Um, I wasn't there like a working title for something else. Uh, that's was, like this very weird. It was weird. Name. It was Everest. And oh, okay. the only reason they didn't name it Everest is that it was going to be too complicated to go to the Himalayas and do the cover <laughs> photo. And I think they made a better choice uh, with Abbey Road. I guess CGI was not a thing back then. Okay, <laughs> two for two. Ten best one eighty two entries are still available for everyone in the chat. We go back to. NFL. Name this Super Bowl starting quarterback. Panthers, Saints, Giants, Raiders, Titans, Colts. This is his career arc, if that is not self-explanatory, Pat. This would be Kerry Collins. I know this one. Final answer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. 1995 to 2011. A very long 15 or 16-year career here for Kerry Collins who stunk at a lot of these places. Let's be perfectly honest with ourselves. I mean, if we go back, he was, I believe, a either first or second round pick for the Carolina Panthers coming out of Penn State. Obviously went to the Super Bowl with the Giants, then ruined, absolutely ruined Randy Moss's career with the then Oakland Raiders. And yeah, he uh, wasn't very good in his Super Bowl start either, you may remember. Right. Uh, Hayden wasn't a lie. Hayden, Google Ray Lewis after this podcast. <laughs> okay, I will. Uh, okay, I will. But yeah. <laughs> Terry Collins uh, had a rather poor start in Super Bowl 33, something like that. It, it was a defensive showdown. The Giants defense, as we know, is what Michael Strahan, uh, a number, Antonio Pierce, probably a few other names during that period. Maybe I'm thinking a little bit later on. Um, and then obviously the the Ravens were absolutely loaded. And that was the, the Trump Delphar Super Bowl, which kind of throws a wrench in the whole you need a Super Bowl or a great starting quarterback to win. And that is the example that people use. And if that's the only example out there, then maybe you do. Yeah, it's still, let's say, well, people, I want a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. Uh, Historic on. defense that year. I mean, that <laughs> defense was absolutely ridiculous. I think, Pat, I was in middle school 
like sixth grade or seventh grade because I remember that was the early days of fantasy football for for Josh Norris. And I would just try to roster. It was a weekly thing. And I would try to roster the Ravens defense each and every Yeah, day. it was in eighth grade. It was an aberration. It was actually Super Bowl 35. It was the one between Rams Super Bowl appearances. Right. And uh, it was an abomination of a game for many, many reasons. Right. Um, I think that was also coincided with like the, the Dante Culpepper breakout too with, with Randy Moss. Anyways. It also trying to coincided with, uh, I don't know, I was going to say an off the field incident, but I can't remember. Was that, that actually wasn't that year. <laughs> Uh, we're a certain so, Raven. so now we're on our third chance. <laughs> now we're on our third chance here. What was middle school Pat like? Uh, what was he doing instead of watching uh, the the vaunted uh, Baltimore Ravens defense in eighth grade? I was watching a lot, a lot of sports, creating a lot, a lot of fake sports players, uh, creating fake seasons, fake players. What do you mean? What do you mean fake players? I've talked about this on podcasts. I have like notebooks full of like fake pro sports teams and like fake pro sports players. I also had like fake movie studios, like fake bands where I would make up entire discographies. Uh, I had a lot. So of like, bands. like create titles and actors and plots and all that stuff. Yep. I, yep. I even made up like fake movie advertising. So I was obsessed with the newspaper and in the newspaper where they used to advertise every movie, they would list under it, like the theaters it was playing at. And I would make up like mock, like fake movies and like fake ads. And underneath I'd be like, it's showing at the Ronnie's 16. Uh, you know, I would put all the fake. I, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a, you could see how maybe someone like me would get into sports statistics <laughs> or uh, this kind of nitty gritty. Cause uh, I was really down in the weeds. Yeah. I, I have to know if anyone in the chat did anything anything like that because that's something i've never uh, heard of uh, me right here no if you look at my if you look at my middle school and high school no 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 no. if you look at my middle school and like high school notes like the side column like where my instead of like the actual notes it would just be i would try to remember every single starting lineup for like all uh, american league teams like all of the the side notes were just random stuff that's slightly more health i don't know if that's more healthy it's more normal reality like, I mean, one of my fake baseball teams, I remember, was called the Honolulu Palms, or I would do Fire. entire Honolulu Palm like seasons. It. I didn't really think of how difficult the travel would be, you know, why there's not a team in Honolulu, but I right. did stuff like that. Right. Well, at that point, you're supposed to have flying cars. All right. Here we go. Back to Beatles. We are three for three, 10 for 10 as of right now. Freddie Mercury used the same grand piano to write Bohemian Rhapsody as Paul McCartney did to write this song. Seven years earlier. Well, I think Bohemian Rhapsody came out in 1975, and Hey Jude came out in 1968. Is of course one of the most famous piano ballads of all time. Uh, although I'm I'm not familiar with this piece of trivia, but uh, hopefully I'm correct about the year Bohemian Rhapsody came out because then I think I'm correct that this has to be Hey Jude, uh, one of my favorite songs of all time. For the record, yeah, yeah, yes. Wow, it's so difficult to come up with these questions to like gauge the difficulty level. And Pat, you are crushing the expectations I had set out for you. We will get worried. more difficult as we go along. By the way. I was worried you're going to have a lot of stuff from like the 1964 Beatles years. I know less about early Beatles. I became, you know, for those who aren't familiar with the Beatles, rubber souls, kind of the turning point where they became a more modern, more mature band, the revolutionary groundbreaking band. We still celebrate today. I'm intimately familiar with that era. A little less so with the early days of the Beatles. Well, maybe we'll run into some roadblocks uh, as we go along. Ian, 
damn Pat, FF Doom like a pro, Jeff Thomas, fire emojis. You are absolutely on fire from these corner threes. Fifth question, back to Hayden Winks. There have been eight supplemental draft picks since 2010. Josh Gordon is one. Could you name one of the other seven? I will say there's a 100% chance Rotopat gets this. Terrell Pryor. Um, is there another? What was the? I, though I wish I could remember the offensive lineman the Rams took. Um, I, I, I wrote a scathing article <laughs> on on that player on the site previously known as Rotoworld.com, and he was uh, he was drafting like the fourth round, and he absolutely sucked coming out of Clemson. If that helps you at all, yeah. Terrell Pryor is the obvious one. I wanted to remember the Rams one to have a more. I can't remember his name. I keep wanting to say Isaiah Wynn, but it's not Isaiah. Close Wynn. first, right first name. Um, right it's first Isaiah. Name. Yeah, Isaiah. I remember Colter. I have to lo- I have to lock in a Terrell Pryor as my final answer because right. and, um, any any chance you have another name too but yes that works yes, as well. Yes, yes. Uh, Harvey Isaiah Unga, Battle. yeah Isaiah Battle. Sam Beal was like a third round pick by Dave Gettleman and has not yes, played. Yes, it was Gettleman. A a down since, but yes Isaiah Battle I think went in the third or fourth round to the Rams and then absolutely sucked. Was Josh yeah. Brent a Jet? I don't remember. Uh, he was a Giant. Something happened with Josh Brent like off the field. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, sounds vaguely familiar. Like big a nose tackle. Um, the reason we brought this up has no supplemental draft this year. Same as you know, two straight off seasons. That kind of ruins a week of potential content and blurbs on uh, NBC Sports Edge. It does. Yeah, we're like uh, where we talk about the you know it's always like the Akron cornerback who got kicked off the team (laughs) and thinks he's like a day two pick and declares for the supplemental and then doesn't get taken. The supplemental draft pays our bills. That's speaking of this before the show, I was, I was just thinking about this. Have you written the most NFL road world blurbs all time? Like maybe not like total blurbs, like all time, but just for the NFL section. I mean, I would guess it would be you by now, right? Total blurbs all time almost has to be Matthew Polia. Yes, uh, yeah. on the baseball side, I bet Evan still has more blurbs than me. Wow, uh, you know, towards the end, you know, Evan faded out of the blurbs a little bit. Um, he had bigger fish to fry. He actually did just like have bigger fish to fry. Like he needed to be working on other stuff. But Evan, I mean, was the blurbing madman for like a decade plus. I've been here a decade now, but like Evan had like a decade of like true blurbing madness. Where I feel like there's no way he's probably not still the all-time NFL lead. I'm, I'm up the leaderboard. I'm like now like a, who's like a compiler, like a good, uh, like a, I mean, I'm Frank maybe Gore. Carl Malone. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're the Frank Gore of fantasy. <laughs> yeah, I'm the, Frank Gore of the, the NFL sports edge yeah. blurb section. There That's right. There we go. Okay, back to the Beatles. Hopefully one of these ship you up. No offense out there for the chat, by the way, go and fill up Doc for your chance at the giveaway at the end of the show for $250, 10 $25 best ball mania two entries. Here we go, Pat. This Beatles song plays during the final scene and credits of the social network. Far too easy. Baby, you're a rich man. Um, yes, yes, yes. Pat, at least pause for a moment. I take hours to write these, these questions the night before, and then you're you're done with them within two seconds. You gotta, I mean, I'm just trying to flex a little bit. Uh, this is a lesser known Beatles song. This is uh, a B-side. It was on magical mystery tour albums a lot of people don't know it was actually a compilation album it wasn't a legit studio album it's a very weird song uh so the lennon mccartney thing folks people think uh like they co-wrote every song where they really didn't like usually it was just a john lennon song or a paul mccartney song baby a rich man though was like a true 
one of the more 50-50 ones, I believe. And uh, yeah, you know, a biting, a biting closing song for the movie The Social Network. Uh, basically asking Mark Zuckerberg, you know, was this all worth it, Mark? Yes. And 10 years later, I think the answer is definitively no. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, Pat. Did you see him uh, surfing over July 4th, holding an American flag, just like, you know, all those true patriots out there? I know. Yeah, it just, he's <laughs> like always doing very board. normal things, like surfing with the flag, like smoking meats for 12 right. hours. And, and not blinking Lord. for 12 straight days. You guys should look up the YouTube video. Mark Zuckerberg smoking these meats, by the way. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> and if internet shuts down in the next minute, then we know uh, we know why. We absolutely know why. All right. Here we go. Back to NFL. Pat answers his question so quickly that chat doesn't even get an opportunity to. He is absolutely on a roll. Over to the seventh question. This tight end tied for the second in the NFL in receiving touchdowns in 2018. He scored 13 of them. This tight end tied for second. And uh, I feel like I have a really gross answer on this, but I don't think it could be right. Uh, it was Jimmy Graham with the Packers, even though they, even though they hated each other. I know he's catch, he wasn't catching 13 touchdowns, though. Um, Jimmy Graham has been on the Bears two years now, right? Uh, I think I it's think not so. Jimmy Graham. 2018. Uh, I was. I'm thinking of trick answers. It's not a trick answer. I'm gonna go with Travis Kelsey. Is that your final answer, Pat? Final answer. No, no, no. Eric Ebron. What of the Indianapolis? Oh Colts. yeah, I remember this now. Yep. And then in his five other seasons surrounding that one, he also compiled 13 total touchdowns. I believe that was the year in our dynasty league that Josh is still in, and that we need to get Hayden in. I traded Eric Ebron straight up for some terrible receiver because uh, I was trying to just get out. Like, well, Eric Ebron has no value left whatsoever. And I <laughs> traded him for – it wasn't Auden Tate, but it was an Auden Tate-type receiver. Yeah. And then he scored. Sigmund Bloom, I don't know if folks know this, is uh, very smart. And uh, scored 13 touchdowns. Yeah. Talk about, like, drafting someone when their price is the highest the next year with, uh, with Eric Ebron after he scores 13 touchdowns. Pat, that dynasty trade – I made one with Rich Rebar as soon as he took over one of the teams. That is unspeakable. I, I, I refuse, I refuse to mention it on a public platform because I might immediately lose my job. You have if to now. You have to now. I'll just Alvin say Kamara it Alvin Kamara is all I remember. Not Kamara just Alvin Kamara. So he was going around doing these two-for-one trades, Okay. And for some reason, I got to give even more backgrounds because he inherited either. I think it was Denny's decrepit team. Probably. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Probably. Uh, for some reason, I was really into Jamison Crowder with Washington. Oh, baby. And, and thinking that he could, you know, be a top 24 wide receiver because obviously slot wide receivers can be focal points of passing games. And uh, so I acquired Jamison Crowder for rookie. Alvin Kamara and rookie Chris Carson. <laughs> oh man. And yeah. I still won that season. You know, Jamison Crowder was the style at the time. You can't really, you can't really hate on it, but uh, yeah, it looked kind of bad almost instantly. And you weren't the only person he did that to Reeves uh, two for one to a lot of people, you know, yeah. reviving the two for one's name, the two for one's a much maligned fantasy phenomenon. But Reeves just wanted players, and uh, he got them. Oh, yeah. I still won that year somehow. Mike Clay had, like, the best team for five straight years and I think was able to win win one championship out of it. So 
Mike Clay is the uh, subject of fascination in our dynasty. He's uh, got a juggernaut every single year. All right. Unorthodox trading methods, Mike. I I, I would agree. As of now, Rotopat is winning the chat. ESU, $225. If you're in here right now, like and subscribe below. We need as many likes to keep on rolling to give away this money. And you need to go and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to your audio programs. Here we go. Back to the Beatles. Only one of the Beatles singles between 1963 and 1969 failed to reach top of the charts. Name it. Wait, this is confusing. Uh, I mean, they had many singles that didn't reach the top of the charts. Um, nope, not during that time period. Singles. Um, so, like, we're talking like true single. Are we talking America or the UK? The Billboard Top 100. All right. Let me think of officially released Beatles singles and like some of the lesser celebrated ones. They did a lot of double A sides, which was highly unorthodox. Um, Use common lingo, Pat. I'm trying. What is double A sides? If you're a Beatles, well, the the style at the time. So we only think of buying an albums. I mean, it's kind of coming back to singles of Spotify, but they would release a lot of the Beatles. Most famous songs were never on an album like Hey Jude. Mm. Penny Lane, Strawberry Fields Forever weren't on like proper studio albums. They would just be released as singles. And you would have an A side, which was like the single, and a B side, which was just like a bonus track. The Beatles, being the Beatles, would do double A sides where both songs were like an official single and they're supposed to be given equal weight. Also, a way to satisfy uh, both John Lennon and Paul McCartney's massive egos. Would, um, would it help to tell you that this song did appear on an album? It would. Uh, yes. You could tell me which album I would probably know. I don't know it. I'll, I'll be fine. I'm not I going know to. It. Um, I'm trying to think. I can trying to picture the, like, the album art, the singles artwork in my head, and I can't. Uh, Old Brown Shoe? What, well, that what, was a B-side. Okay. Would the year help? The year would probably help, yes. I do this for you, chat, by the way. I There is no reason for me to do this. In fact, when I write these questions, they should be difficult. This one is 1966 is the year. That would be the year of Revolver. Um, what was the, what were the non-Revolver album tracks? I don't know it. I don't know it. I can't even hazard a guess. Okay. I'll be real sad no, no, when no. I see it. Yellow Submarine. Interesting. All right. As a novelty song, it released for the kiddies. My kids still like it to these days. Um, you know, it was written by Paul and, and John for, George, or for Ringo. Ringo didn't write it, folks. Um, but yep. he sings it. Um, In the U.S., the song peaked at number two on the Hot 100 Billboard charts. What which is best ball summer charts. Yeah, hot, hot <laughs> best ball summer charts. There was like a cartoon film as well created around the song, Pat? There was, yes. It was, they were going, like every once in a while, they throw like a novelty song out there for the kids. Yeah. And, uh, and there's, a long, there's a long running tra- tradition on this program since it spanned so many months and years that uh, the night beforehand, Pat, I, I watch a film uh, or television program to, in order to find uh, questions. But I wanted to save my Wednesday night for a few hours and not watch the uh, Yellow Submarine cartoon animation. So the Beatles have some truly horrible movies out there. <laughs> uh, if anyone wants to watch some bad cinema, there are some really bad Beatles movies from the 60s. All right. Let's keep it rolling. Still eight entries out there for everyone to get. Again, we have ramped into a sh- hard, sharp right turn over into difficult territory. Back to NFL. Last call for the sign-up sheet, by the way. All right, David Johnson replaced this starting running back 
for the Arizona Cardinals in week 13 of the 2015 season. 2015, not long ago, but also, Pat, incredibly long ago. I mean, I want to say Beanie Wells, but I don't think Beanie Wells was that that recent. Um, oh, I mean, I should know this, too. So whoever it was, I'm sure I blurbed 1,000 times and probably owned in the uh, Roto World NBC Sports Edge Dynasty League. Uh, I will uh, – I'll make it easy on you. No, e- not easy. Easier. There were, to start the season, two running backs that were higher than him on the depth chart, if you name one of those. Okay, it was that wasn't was that the year they that was not the year they reached the NFC Championship game, 2015. Bruce Arians still early. Carson Palmer, who by the way Bruce Arians refused despite him making. You remember like all the plays that David Johnson would make on kickoff yes. returns and like singular opportunities. Refused to start the guy until week 13 of that 2015 season. And we all know Pat that David Johnson that was the year he went into fantasy legend status because he basically won people titles if you picked him up right before then with your waiver column yes Uh, (laughs) this is one i should know i want to know it so bad i just want to google it and cheat right now but i'm gonna say beanie wells even though i don't think that's right final answer final answer no no that's right of course of course of course of course course, ian Ian got it i also i also well look at this guy gets both Andre Ellington was oh, also yes. in the depth chart over him. I talked myself so into Andre Ellington. One of the few running backs who actually did run some routes in the slot and uh, didn't really pan out. By no. the way, if, if you gave me a login code, I could be looking at the, the chat, by the way, and getting these, these answers. I know. We, we, we trusted you. We didn't even warn you before we got started saying, please don't do that for us. Pat, you are, you are very much an honest man. Man of integrity. Um, a man yeah. of integrity. Man, I'm very. Wh- when did Beanie Wells last play? 2012 or so? yeah. Aiden, you ever heard of Beanie Wells? I actually uh, do remember Beanie Wells. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, Andre Ellington was that player that all of us in our Twitter bubble, early days of Twitter, said, Why doesn't an NFL head coach want to believe in a 180 pound running back? Look at what he does. And then he breaks down every year. If you guys want to find some embarrassing literature. We could go back and just reread our blurbs on Andre Ellington because we were all <laughs> members of the Andre Ellington fan club. And, and then Andre Ellington passed the baton over to Rex Burkhead. And then now here we are. Here we are. Okay. <laughs> Rex, had a, Rex had a more successful career, I'd say, than Andre Ellington. He did. Who's that guy this year? Let's not talk about that. Here we go. Number 10, Pat. We close out here. And I. I mean, this straight from the noggin of apparently handsome Josh Norris. Strawberry Fields Forever was released in 1967. Name one other Beatles song title that features food. Um, I was, I, for the first song that popped in my head was a Led Zeppelin song, Custard Pie. Um, it's not that. It's not Custard Pie. One other. Well, there were several. Uh, Savoy Truffle is one from the White Album. Uh, it's a George Harrison song. Yes. yes. There we go. Uh, yeah, Honey Pie. There's a bunch on the White Album. Wow. Uh, me and Mr. Mustard, of course, part of the the medley on Abbey Road. Um, but yeah, Savoy Truffle. Sour Milk Sea is another George Harrison one. Uh, but yeah, Savoy Truffle, that was my go-to. I mean, Pat, I've never heard of any of these. Uh, w- there's a lot of people like me who have not only heard of all these, but have read the individual Wikipedia for all of them, <laughs> have read like multiple books and all of them, have read all the liner notes and all of them. Uh, I've done a non-trivial amount of reading about the Beatles. Uh, Hayden, can you share your screen, by the way, so you can yep. pull up the uh, – here we go. He's got it. Um, Pat, I have to ask, is it even possible to have one favorite – like if I was going to go – if Hayden was going to be introduced 
to the Beatles, the number one song he has to turn on immediately after the show, because I know he is, is what? The best Beatles song? For for you, like by your money, for your count, your listen rate, what is it? Oh, the very cliche answer would be uh, Hey Jude. Uh, one of the most I mean, famous I songs the, ever. I know those songs. I know of like the you know top, hey Jude. Five, top five um, Beatles songs ever. One of my favorite Beatles deep cuts ever, Cry Baby Cry, is on the White Album. That's a John Lennon song. A lot of them are on the White Album. The White Album is just so amazing. Uh, Rocky Raccoon is a pastiche of like country Western music by Paul McCartney. Probably hated by a lot of people. A very good Beatles B-side, not B-side, just lesser known track that I love. For some reason, I love Cry Baby Cry, even though I'm a Paul guy. I'm not a yeah. John guy. Okay. But I love Cry Baby Cry by John Lennon. Um, by the way, you won seven entries out there for everyone. That's $175. And that also allows us to be employed another week, Pat. We appreciate you. Uh, Scott asked in the chat, for the one with foods, yellow submarine would work too, right? No, you cannot eat yellow oh, a submarine or submarine sandwich. A submarine oh, possibly. Sandwich. Okay, that works. Yellow uh, hoagie, yes, yep. Also, Pete, look up. Pete I've got Scott a feeling. I've got a feeling by the Beatles. Another slightly lesser known Beatles song. Pat, another question that I was uh, thinking about in my head was how old was the oldest Beatle, Ringo, when the Beatles broke apart, when they disbanded. Well, John or Paul was under 30 still. Ringo was probably like 30 or 31. Um, they were all. Uh, they had a, a running humbling. back career. They were, he was 30 years old. I mean, their, their career was over at 30. Yeah, but a little humbling, though. Is it to, they've written, made some of the most uh, enduring compu, uh, uh, what's compilate. What's the word? Contributions to popular yeah. culture of all time, of any century. And they were all like 27. And when I was 27, you know, I was writing Andre Ellington blurbs. Um, <laughs> do. Some might say, Pat, some might say that the Beatles and David Johnson, very similar career paths. Well, not, well, not even true, because David Johnson, you know, was like, he was like Dwayne Eskridge, like 42 years old when he entered That's the true. NFL. The Beatles, they were only like 22, you know, when they went on Ed Sullivan. So they, they not only started young and peaked young, but then they had a sustained peak. Whereas David Johnson, you know, started late. Late bloomer, very short peak. Uh, even though the Beatles peaked young, it was a sustained young peak. We've almost hit 10 of these shows so far. There have been no multiple winners, repeated winners so far, which is awesome out there. So glad new people are winning these. Uh, Pat, before we get you out of here, FF Doom, what's Pat's take on the Paul conspiracy? He's not dead. He was very much alive the whole time. The, the Beatles, you know, they playfully nodded to this several times. Uh, but he's not dead. Uh, some might say his soul died after the Beatles. And without John around to temper his worst impulses, Paul descended into schmaltz, like unadulterated schmaltz, his worst tendencies. Uh, so you could say his soul died, but Paul did not die. There, there, there was a thought that he died and was replaced if by a played, body double? There was one Beatles song where if you played it backwards, it said oh, Paul no. is dead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it became... This was like true Alex Jones internet culture in the 60s where there was a, a great conspiracy theory that Paul McCartney died in like 1967. It was replaced, yeah, by like some stand-in. I don't know. Uh, Interesting. Interesting. He's alive, though. All right. Okay, Pat. This was incredible. Thank you so much for doing this. It was so great to catch up with you. Have some fun. Not talk football very much. And yeah. you get talk some Mizzou, Brad Smith, who we apparently all need to be celebrating more. We need a Brad Smith. 4,000 rushing I yards. I mean, it went from Brad Smith 
to like Joe Webb. And then, you know, who's who's the next one along that that great line of wide receivers turned special teamers? You know, to we need play more of those guys. Did Joe Webb ever have a Jets No, I just no, I just mean like that that prototype who's just like super, you know, productive, and then he has to play wide receiver, then he's not even good at wide receiver. I mean, look what Armonte Edwards could have been. What Armonte Edwards could have been. These days, Brad Smith might have actually gotten a chance to play his actual position of quarterback. True. Uh, probably. I'm actually going to go here. look up his his uh, his highlights. But then, as we know, going back to those dates, it's like standard definition, and your eyes are just your eyes are just sore. I bet we should put an over under what Brad Smith's college completion percentage was. By the way, <laughs> what 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 would you guess? I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up here. I'm, I'm gonna say. I'm going to say 54.5. Okay, here we go. Uh, 56.3. All right. Yeah, so close. Yeah, I I was like, I mean, it was a somewhat efficient offense, but I'm like, there's no way Brad Smith's completing 60% of his passes, though. There we go. Um, So there there we we go. go. All right, Pat. Thank you so much, everyone out there. Hopefully you had. Hold a on, I got I got a plug. Yeah, go of course, the NBC Sports Edge draft guy. Uh, so you guys might have had some stray contributions in there. Probably not, but uh, no, I, I would know. I would know. <laughs> <laughs> the NBC Sports Edge draft guy is, of course, live now. Yep. Uh, it is our best one ever, despite not featuring you two. That's actually probably why. It's <laughs> That's probably why it's the best one ever. Yeah, it's the uh, we got rid of Josh and Hayden, and the guide is just suddenly amazing. Um, <laughs> No, but honestly, check it out. It's great. It's cheap, too. You know, our new pricing structure, of course, you get the draft guide, you get the season pass. Yep. Off from one. Check out our team preview series, of course, also at NBC Sports Edge. And all, you know, check out my GM rankings, which will exist at some point. Um, they don't exist right now, but check those out, hopefully, in the month of July. Make sure when you do the when you ever you read Rotopat's rankings, only look at the ranks. Do not read the blurbs. <laughs> it's not about the blurbs. It's purely about the rankings. Yeah, I'm not trying to contextualize anything. It's just solely about the ranks. As always at the NBC Sports Edge draft guide as well. Skip the guacamole. Go and basically get the first month for free. That's it. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back here on Monday. Go and listen to the show Hayden and I just did on second year breakout players as well. For Hayden, for Pat, I miss saying this. I'm Josh, up the villa. Talk to you all soon. See ya.